The following is a special presentation of the Buccaneers Sports Network. This is the Jay and Keith Show. Two broadcasters. Oh, yeah. Two microphones. And one meticulously scripted podcast. You what? Just kidding. Get it, J.K.? You get it. That's what I thought was so funny. It's not funny. Alongside Keith Brake, here's the voice of the Bucks, Jay Sandoz. Of course we're funny. Of course. Well, I think we're funny. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're we're about as funny as Friends reruns, let's be honest. Are those funny? No. I don't think so. No, not really. And, and I remember I, I was but, that was my age group. I mean, I was all in on it. I mean, I was, you know, that was Thursday night, the old Thursday night must-see TV lineup. Friends must and see TV, Seinfeld, NBC. And yep, uh, yep, Seinfeld. Yep. Seinfeld was good. Um, it's still very much an artifact of its time. But, I mean, most shows were. I mean, the, the opening episode of The West Wing is one of the president's uh, aides in The West Wing swaps pagers with an infamous figure in the nightlife scene. And uh, it's they, they accidentally swap pagers. Like people these days don't even know what kids these days don't even know what a pager is. How are they supposed to connect to that? They're not supposed to. It'd be like me trying to watch Gunsmoke. As like I get nothing from this or banana. Well, okay, a little bit of bonanzas never never hurt anybody. But you know, I mean, gun, gun smoke's easy, right? There's a criminal that's going to do something. There's going to mm-hmm. be the random fist fight. Right, and then the good guys win. I don't understand. How do you formula. know? How, how do you it's know how it's very, yeah. very, very according to formula. Yeah, it's like you know Andy Griffith, right? It's, it's got a, it's got a thing. It's got, a, it's very rhythmic. Mm-hmm. Or uh, it's not quite as rhythmic as like Perry Mason or uh, uh, what was it? Murder She Wrote. Murder She Wrote. Yeah. Oh, Angela Lansbury. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a time. Who just passed away, right? Yeah, yeah not that long ago. Yeah. Cozy murder mystery. Who doesn't love it? Yeah. All right. So literally, uh, I'm, I'm exposed to cozy murder mysteries like constantly because my fiance loves them. So I am. I I know I know more about murder she wrote than I ever did when it was in its original run. See, that wouldn't concern me as much as if she was making you watch Snapped or something mm-hmm. where they're all pretty much where the uh, oh, like the true crime stuff. No, that's, yeah, 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 yeah but, we don't do that. But Snapped is pretty much all about. Uh, women eventually murdering their husbands and stuff. So that, oh, I, I yeah. think you should be very concerned if she was making you watch that. No, that's what I would be concerned. See the no. other crime, you're fine. It, you know, it's you know, choose it the other way around. The boyfriend or husband did it or whatever. But uh, yeah, you get into some of the snaps. Some of these others like that my wife watches occasionally, and I just start staring at her like I don't know if I should be worried. Like is that a like are you are you are you gaining information and ideas already as a lawyer on what not to do? I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Did uh did either of your parents ever talk back to Matlock? Like when they watched Matlock. <laughs> no, and they did watch Matlock. They did they watch watched Mat- a lot of Matlock. They did, yeah. but no, I don't I don't I don't think they talked back to him. <laughs> I try to explain uh, a lot of people because I love um all the law and orders. If there's a law and order rerun thing on, I don't care which one it is. You know, it's the regular well, Law and Order is like it's like good background music. Same with friends, right? It's something you have on in the background while you're cleaning your living room or something. But I, I tried to, because a lot of people that are my friends are like, oh, I can't believe you watched that. Oh, my goodness, look at this. They found this. It's amazing. I'm like, you have one hour. Things have to be convenient or we're never going to solve the crime. Like, uh, you know, you got 30 minutes to get the the, the crime kind of going, and then you got to pass it off to the, you know, basically the court side of things. So if it's not convenient, then we're pretty much not getting out of this show. Like, uh, some of it has to be convenient. Otherwise, we're not, you know, oh, we're going to comb the area. Oh, my goodness, we found this. And it, it 
And I'm like, yeah, but that's also why they put like the timestamp on it. it. Was like eight hours later that you know it wasn't just like ten dun, seconds. Dun. So, anyways, all right, let's talk about uh, not Law and Order. Could we get away with the doink doink as a, a transition on the show? Like instead of a music bed, just using it's, the dong dong. It's so short. We might be able to. We might be able to. I might it. have to. Ra- I might have to track that down for us. Uh, you can always add a little music or something underneath it too, just to make it a, a little bit of variation. If you want, you know, just in case. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. In case you don't want to worry about copyright infringement, all that good fun stuff. Uh, you know what is a copyright infringement? Some people have been telling me this is Final Four. I don't know if you take a look at that. A lot of people. Are very, what copyright what, is it infringing? One of them is Mike DeRocher, who claims that it is not a true Final Four because last year with the Blue Bloods, he finally, who's a Kansas fan, finally has tickets to the Final Four. He's going to fly out, stay with his sister who lives in Houston, and this is, I quote him, not me, this is the Final Four we get. So he's claiming this. I love this Final Four. I, I, I mean, I think we've already said it Monday or whenever heck we did a show. I think it's great. I, I think it's too. awesome. I think it's historic. I'm all in on watching it. I am 100%. Think about, think about this. Like, you're mad that you get to go to the weirdest Final Four of your lifetime. Right? I mean, think of what's the, what's the other weird Final Four that you could maybe think of where it's like UConn, Butler... VCU and I can't even remember the other team in like 2011. That's maybe the only one that really even comes close. This is the weirdest Final Four that many people who are alive today will ever see. And you're mad about it? Come on, bud. No, no, this is awesome. He's mad about a lot of stuff. He's not. He's not angry man mad, but he's mad about a lot of things. We need to get him on one day. Yes, it's ang- I said angry man Eastern Seaboard edition. That's okay. what it is. All right, we can we can do it. But before we move on and talk ETSU stuff, because we are, we're going to talk a little spring sport. We'll talk transfer portal. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a bunch of other things. Your 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 predictions. What, how would you rank? Uh, who would not? How would you rank? Or how you see it playing out? Who do you want to win on the men's and women's side? One through four. Who's the most uh, team you'd love mm-hmm. to see win to the least uh, team you'd like to see win? I do have some connections to UConn because I worked on that radio crew for a little bit. It's some different people, but it's still some of the same. Um, I think it would be great to see them win a national championship. I think that's a you know it's a really passionate fan base. Um, great, Miami, I have them last, but go ahead. So you have Mi- them first. Miami, Miami would be good. I mean, I'm just kinda, I'm just kind of going through here and thinking about all the different. Like my my second choice would probably be FAU, right? Because that's the weirdest possible outcome. It's the one that nobody really ever anticipated, um, and it would transform the ho- hopefully transform the trajectory of that college basketball program because clearly Dusty May is staying for another year. So you got a shot to do something uh, with with what this group does the the following year and how you get it off the ground and who gets involved and you know what you can do in terms of fundraising and corporate support and all that stuff. What does a national championship do? for FAU would be a really fascinating thought exercise. Uh, my third choice would probably be San Diego State because I think you know a lot of the same reasons as you would lay out for FAU, but it's maybe a little less out of left field. You know, I think if you were going to pick a Cinderella, an underseeded San Diego State might have been fairly strong on your radar at the beginning of the tournament. And then Miami, um, I don't know. Canes fans, when they win, are just like really, they just get weird. Man, and and, Are and, they even and not like fans? and not like the fun weird. It's just like the annoying weird. Um, 
uh, you know, they um, I do I do have a soft spot for Jim Laraniega. Like I, you know, and and he would solidify himself as one of the greatest coaches ever if he takes G Mace to the Final Four and Miami to the national championship. I think that would be pretty fantastic. Uh, so there are, there are reasons for all of them to want to win. I guess I'd say probably UConn and then FAU, and the other two are kind of the same for me. So I, FAU top for me. Cause Understandable. It, and then San Diego State would be my second. And then I think Miami third and Connecticut four. And only I don't really have anything against Connecticut, and I'm just trying to rank, you know, for me, interest, what I would like to see happen. Uh, UConn. Like, I pulled for them. They were the seventh seed, right? They got there, and they were kind of – With Shabazz and Niels Gafai. Right, and it, I mean, group. they weren't – it's still a Cinderella, you know, because it's UConn. But, you know, I was like, oh, let's, let's pull for, for UConn. So, I pulled for UConn in that scenario. So, I don't feel bad about not pulling for UConn uh, in this one. But I, I think FAU, San Diego State, the winner of that, I'll probably pull for-ish in the – I don't know that I'm really pulling. I'll just watch. But um, if I had a Druthers, one of those two teams would win. And then – Kind of Miami and UConn, I agree with uh, uh, your take there on uh, Jim Laranega. Uh, actually, I think I must have said that right. Lara. Laranega. Yega. Yega. It's got the tilde over the N. It's, it's an, got the Yega. It's an Enye. Yep. All right. Uh, on the women's side, you know, a couple of teams that I think you. Uh, this is a doozy. I agree. I think I, I this will, is going to be. I great saw um, over the weekend that uh, secondary market ticket prices for the women's Final Four were three times what they were for the men's Final Four. I can because see Because there's just such demand to see, you know, Aaliyah Boston versus Caitlin Clark. And, um, you know, what's Virginia Tech going to do uh, in their first, I believe their first Final Four ever, Virginia Tech. Um you know, LSU, you've got Kim Mulkey, who has really leaned into her Disney villain era with some of the outfits that she's worn on the sidelines. She went full Cruella DeVille in the first round. With the she's bl- a talker, the, too. Now. Yeah, and she, yes, she has a lot to say, and she wants to hear her say it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is a this is a big-time, you know, star power-packed Final Four on the women's side. Uh, I, I think in particular that Iowa-South Carolina game is going to be an absolute – that is – what is it? They, what is the, the old the old timey term I'm thinking of? It's a humdinger. It's what it is. The, the old humdinger. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is a, this is a doozy. Um, this I'll, – I'll, I'll lay this out for you. So we like to – you know, we give, give, give us stuff to talk about, talk about and react to. Iowa arguably has the best individual player in the country. South Carolina arguably has the best individual team in the country. Is that the national championship game? Is that game between those two tomorrow, as we take this, tomorrow at 9 o'clock, is the winner of that game the national champion? And we just have to confirm it with one more game. So we used to have this this argument in the office because we didn't podcast back then, but it was always the Colts Patriots AFC championship game. Cause it happened a couple of times. Yeah. Like, was that the, because the winner of that was going to win the Super Bowl, and they did. Yep. Was that the Super Bowl? And a lot of people are like, no Super Bowl is this, but I'm like, but you know, they're going, it's almost like even going further back, Dallas, San Francisco, NFC title games. They throttled the AFC pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, by 30 
in the next couple of Super Bowls. But their games were 28-24. They came down to last-second plays. Like, that was the better game of the two. So, it looks like right now that is, you know, and, you know, if you believe the wise guys and stuff, the winner of that one, you know, their they're thinking's probably going to win the national championship. And then that's yeah. it's got the best storylines, uh, I think, going into it because of exactly what you said. A player that has done tremendous things and taken a team on her shoulders to heights that the women's program at Iowa hasn't quite seen. Then you're talking about Don Staley in South Carolina who's just, you know, just been beating people like a drum for several years now, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you're looking at that. On the other side, yeah, LSU's got a little bit of a name. Not, you know, women's basketball has had some success. Virginia Tech, virtually none. As far as that goes, but then you got Kim Mulkey. She's clearly taken Baylor and yeah. has been around the block and For all sure. that. So there's some things there where there, it is interesting because mm-hmm. it's it's people when she left Baylor to go to LSU, they were like, why? What what is going on here? Yep. Then in year two, I think it's year two, she's got them now in the Final Four. Of course, Virginia Tech's mm-hmm. just kind of been the the chug along steady team. It keeps just getting better and winning. And, yeah. and, and, and the, the post matchup between Kitley and Reese will be fun in Virginia Tech, LSU. Uh, Amor has been a really good scrappy guard for them and has done a lot with the ball in her hands. Um, you know, that Virginia Tech is just a good – I mean, they're 24-4. and four. Like, They're a good team, good solid team. And uh, that's a group that I would look at and say – or they're not 24-4. and four. They're, they get, they're better than that. What's I don't know what their record is right now. It's, it's really, really good. Um, they're 31-4. Uh, they're and four. Uh, so yeah, I shortchanged it by seven wins. Uh, they're just a good, solid, all-around basketball team that makes shots when they need them, gets plays on defense when they need them, and there's a, it's a it's a no frills, well coached basketball team. I think that will be a fun game, but I just don't know if anybody can. Uh, I mean, if if Iowa can beat South Carolina, who's gonna beat the team that beat South Carolina? Like, come on! All right, so take again. If you're handicapping this, you're South Carolina, right? But I don't, yes. I don't want to know that. I want to know who do you want to bring home the trophy, and who do you least want to bring home the trophy? One through four, not Ooh. not who you think. I don't want to. I want a motion out of the. Uh, or I want your. I do want your emotion. I take that back. I do want your emotion. I don't want the analytical. Well, you know, South Carolina is here. They're one. I, anybody do. I, who do you want? If you so had these your are, perfect- these are these are tough to separate. But I'm going to start with the one that separates the easiest. LSU is four. Agreed. That's funny. I have them at four as well. Got the stick for Mulkey. I'm not. All right. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. No. There's. There's. All right. There's, she, uh, LSU is four for me as well. Uh. Yeah. The stick has worn out its welcome. Um. My third choice would probably I don't know, man. Like something about the 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 way that the South Carolina game played out in the Elite Eight against Maryland, it just it gave me nineties Duke vibes. Like they were getting calls that Coach K at the height of his powers couldn't even convince referees to give them like there were some really, really bad block calls. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it down a notch further. How about when they didn't call off the dogs and try to beat ETSU by eighty? 
<clears throat> that too. I mean, they, too. They, since they played their top eight players pretty much like 38 minutes, and then at the last minute mm-hmm. they decided to put in backups up 80. Yeah. So, yeah, South Carolina's three for me. I would go South Carolina three as well. Okay. A little different um, reason, but same reason. I kind of feel like that falls in the same boat. I felt kind of feel like yeah. Duke used to do that too on the men's side. So yeah, okay. Yeah, it's it's getting it's getting a little bit dukey with with this South Carolina. Group. Can you say that on there? Yeah. It's okay. Dukeish. Do you prefer Dukeish? You can say what you want. It's a podcast. I, I just I just didn't know if, if you were double meaning there or not. Uh, yeah. No, I was not. I was not intending a, a double entendre. If I did, you would know it. I would. You would. You would think I would know it? Yes, you okay. would. Okay. All because, right. listen, there are some things that I can slip by you, but there are some things I absolutely cannot or will not. Um, there are two teams left then at that point. Yes. Iowa and Virginia Tech. Um, I think it's a great story if Iowa wins it, but I just love the solid, steady, no-frills Virginia Tech because I think it's the team that people are the least enthusiastic about for whatever reason, I just love it's like the little it's either 31 and four. They've got a multi-million dollar budget, but it's almost like the little team. That, they were a one seed, but it's almost like the little team that could. Right. Just, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And they keep willing themselves to wins. They keep stacking wins before you know it. They're what, 24 and four or 25 and four going into the tournament. And then they win all the way to the final four. They're 31 and four. Make it 33. Why not make it 33? Just believe that you can get there. Believe in your talent. Believe in your coach. Get there. Win a natty. And uh, have that to celebrate in Blacksburg. I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, So I would go Virginia Tech 1, Iowa 2, and then a distant third, South Carolina, and a very distant fourth, LSU. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I got questions. I got questions. Do do you? Yeah, number one, um, this came across a day or so ago, and I have questions because he's a graduate transfer, and I don't know if that changes the SOCON to SOCON rule, but Kamar Robertson from Mercer is going to Western Carolina. Ooh. Ooh, is he a graduate transfer? I, I he is. So okay, I, I'm I, I wondering believe if that, that if that is yeah. the 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 uh, differentiator, differentiator. Yeah, you know the, the 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 separator. That's it. Um, the demarcation. Yes, because if the original well, was, didn't Jake Stevens kind of do the same thing? He did. He because he was a graduate transfer from VMI to Chattanooga, and he went. He did not pass go. He did not collect two hundred dollars. He went straight to chat. Well, we don't know that he didn't collect two hundred dollars. Well, I mean, he probably got some NIL money. He has a podcast. So, well, that's, you know, he went straight to Chattanooga from VMI. So, that one, uh, and I'm I'm almost positive Robertson is a grad transfer. So, that makes sense that that would go. So, that was the first thing that kind of caught my eye. I know there was a lot of people uh, that were hoping there was a Butler transfer that had shown some interest in – uh, maybe attending ETSU, but he has chosen not ETSU, but someone uh, up the road, uh, uh, sixty miles, give or take, Appalachian State. Is that what you got? Yeah, um, Miles Tate, Butler transfer guard, um, ha- announced uh, via his social media he's going to App State out of the transfer portal. 
And not to play football. I just want a clarification. He's no, he is going to play basketball. Okay. Uh, sounds a little odd to me. Um, Austin P had, you know, change in, in coaches, right? I think we talked about mm-hmm. that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Yes, they, it's uh, um, Corey Gibson. Corey Gibson, who was at Northwestern State. With your boy, the Boz. With old Boschin, the boss, as we call him. Uh, and he decided to pretty much take his whole team with him. Uh, last <laughs> last time I saw, there were six yeah. six Northwestern State transfers to uh, Austin P. So that's clearly not in the same league. You can take as many as you want. Although SoCon's the only league that really does that, so it wouldn't matter. I guess if we went somewhere else, but that's basically the, the, the SoCon. I, I want I want to establish this for people who maybe aren't aren't aware. The Southern Conference is now the only conference in the country in Division One that has an intra-conference transfer policy. Most conferences will allow you to transfer inside the conference as an undergraduate transfer without any sort of penalty. Like you're transferring to, like you you know, like transferring from Western Carolina to UNCG would be like transferring from Western Carolina to Texas. It would be treated the same in any conference other than the SOCOM. The SOCON will make you sit out a year if you transfer within the conference, unless you are a graduate transfer. And uh, that is... Uh, okay, sure, whatever. There are so... We, we talked about this with Doc last week. There are so many... Or earlier this week, even. Oh, man, time flies. Uh, there are so many things about this conference that I think a new commissioner is going to take us on a shakedown run and just be like, why do we do it this way? Why is it done this way? Nobody else in the country does it this way. We should adopt what the other 31 Division One conferences are doing. You, you have a lot of faith. I just, I, I have to imagine. In- I, have, I have no faith in the search committee as it was arrayed to us. Uh, but I, I just have to imagine that a person's going to come in here, even if that search committee does hire a person that they think isn't going to rock the boat, that somebody's going to come in here and go, like, this is not a good way to do things. I just think that's going to happen with a lot of stuff, and I think that interconference transfer policy might be something that's that goes by the wayside because of that. Just my opinion. I think it should. I don't think there's a reason. What 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 is the reason for the interconference? I know the reason, but don't. What is the reason? Like it's just it's preposterous. In this day and age, there's no point. There's no value in it. So that's right. And again, I think it. Still is really a two-year, two-more-year issue because a lot of the kids that are transferring, you know, are because they get the fifth year or a COVID year and they've got extra years. Not even the graduate trip, but just they've got these extra years. So some of that may calm down, some may not. I don't know. ETSU, no movement on everyone that has been in the portal or yeah. put their name in the portal, right? It's like eight guys, two, four, six. It's a eight, lot. Eight. Yeah. There's eight basketball. Uh, no movement there, but there was a football out of the blue um, yes. this week. Um, Isaiah Wilson, wide receiver, is in the portal as a graduate transfer. Um, don't really have a lot of background on it. Uh, I just know that that is the case, that uh, he spoke with the coaching staff earlier this week, and he said he's going to put his name in the portal. And um, you know, I hate that because I thought he was a player that really started to grow a lot very quickly over the second half of the year. Now, granted, it's a different offense, but um, overall... 
I still think the wide, even with the the even with Isaiah departing potentially the program, um, I still think wide receiver is the deepest position group on the team, and the second deepest position group might be running back. Uh, that's a really really strong room that's that's coming together really nicely. Amir uh, Dendi has had a great spring. They're very pleased with him. Uh, really pleased with what Zach Borish can bring. You know, Zach's Zach's not the quickest guy in the universe. He's like a four four six which is a running back is not very fast, like 4-7. Um, but he just plays hard, and uh, he brings a good attitude and uh, has brought good leadership and intangibles to that room. And also, like when you get the ball in his hands, he's got game speed. You know, magic happens. So um, that's that's that kind of guy. And I think that, that room's pretty good too. Um, they have been a little bit banged up on defense. Um they they experimented with Chris Hope at outside linebacker. It sounds like that was more of a short-term fix just to get bodies in that position while um, DeAndre Davis is on the mend with an injury. But uh, DeAndre should be back in plenty of time for fall camp and, and all of that. So that won't be... I don't think that's a long-term thing. But hey, it's it's good to have it. You know, spring is good for experimenting with stuff. You experiment with three safeties on the field. You experiment with a safety play, an outside linebacker. And some of that stuff's going to stick, and some of it's not. And we'll see how it all works out. But it sounds like it will be Arnold versus Hope versus Collier for two spots in fall camp for those those back-end safety positions. They move Zach West to inside linebacker. They really like what he's done there, but would ideally like to move him back to outside linebacker at some point. And uh, I think they're they're also really excited about a couple of guys up front, Max Evans at the nose and Jalen George, who we talked about. Remember the freshman that enrolled late, uh, who has just continued to put on weight. My understanding is he's now up to 260, and he's been playing as the as the three technique on the defensive line for a little bit. That would be a huge shot in the arm for that team that group up front, if they had a young guy that could just, you know, occupy one gap, go after the quarterback, see ball, hit ball, that kind of thing, even if that's all he can do out there, that would be a huge boost to a defensive line that is still, despite some pretty good top-end talent, still very, very thin. I think the big thing is is finish the spring game April first saturday healthy as you can we'll report on that on monday give you our thoughts on the spring game um definitely try to get some sound bites we'll definitely talk to the coach and staff kind of get their thoughts on it maybe on wednesday thursday see if we can get a player or two but the big thing is they want to hit the weight room you know if you're hurt get healthy if not hit the weight room and specifically you mentioned jalen george are hoping to get another 10 pounds on him before the season they would like to get him close to 270 and there's time from april i mean that's playing weight at that point, you can play at 270 on the on the defensive line in, in the SoCon. You got a real good shot. And, it, you know, you get to fall camp. I mean, if he got there at 270, he's probably going to lose a little bit of weight. That's just how it always is. Uh, but if he can get to 270, 275 before uh, you get to that good summer-type conditioning, you know, it's got an opportunity. Because if he goes in there at 260, again, I think he's going to lose a little bit. So he's got a chance to add some muscle. So does everybody else. But he got a chance at the weight room. Got a little bigger, stronger, faster. Let Dave Lawson work his magic uh, with the strength and conditioning program. But Saturday will be big. We'll be there. Um, 
Definitely going to pay attention to what the offense looks like, who's getting the majority of the carries. I know the offensive line are expecting to get a few transfers at the end of the semester. You know, kind of see what that does. What's the defense going to do? Is Rydell more comfortable and kind of going back to under center? Another guy they've liked up front, Steven Flores. Has mm-hmm. been a has been a really nice addition and and has well he's not an addition he's a returner but like he's grown a lot this spring and that's a guy that um, maybe wasn't necessarily on radars as a potential one potential first team guy but he could he could play a lot this fall based on what he's done in the spring so a, a lot of position things to pay attention to Cam Lewis playing some tight end now we'll see with Isaiah Wilson. Being gone, do they still utilize him there? Do they do other things? Again, I think, like Key said, the receiver position is pretty deep. So I feel pretty good about, um, you know, what they've got there. I mean, they've still got Solomon Dunn. they got Quinn Caballero. Um, a few new guys. Adriel Clark's a, a young kid that's not been able to get a lot of action. If you're local product, Jake, they call him Jake the Snake, Jake Roberts down there <laughs> at uh, Elizabethan High School has been getting some reps. Plus, I think – you know, Tommy went in the third, who was a guy that had a lot of high expectations. They got him just a few snaps because they wanted to make sure that they kept that four-game red shirt for him. Now he's got an opportunity. So there's a lot of receivers. Uh, would love to have Wilson maybe have a change of heart because we know what he can do. But certainly, if it's not in the cards, that's the, the one position, I think, besides running back, that could handle maybe a little bit of attrition if people want to go. Plus, you know, the portal watch is going to be even more important uh, in the month of April, not just because of basketball, what's going on, but also football. Spring practices wrap up. Mm-hmm. More guys will go into the portal. ETSU needs to fill a few gaps uh, that they will try to do so as well. So we'll have a little portal watch pretty much through the end of April. Transition yeah. a little bit to some spring sports, uh, men's golf. Well, I, I do have I do right, have portal ahead. watch for women's basketball. Oh, uh, what do you got? What do you got? Uh, so uh, for Samford. Uh, Susie and Gulafak, uh, the huh. um, the all, third yeah. team all SoCon center, six three sophomore has entered her name into the portal. Uh, Sanaa Redmond, Sydney Rivera also in the portal for Samford, um, and uh, at Mercer, Aaron Hout, the shooting guard who was going to become the point guard who was going to have the whole offense run through her, um, has uh, also entered the transfer portal and decided to leave Mercer as well. So uh, a couple of eye catchers there. Then those those are the, the kinds of transfers that you're just like, whoa, where did that come from? Why is that happening? Um, it's just a little bit a little bit off the beaten path. But those are um, I know women's basketball doesn't necessarily get the same kind of buzz with the transfer portal because it's not quite as rampant. Rampant. It was the word I was gonna. I was I, I was trying to find a different word, but rampant works. Uh, it's not quite as rampant. It's not quite as pervasive up and down the hierarchy of the sport as it is in men's hoops or as it is in football. But, uh, yeah, there is some movement in the portal in uh, women's basketball as well and some names to keep an eye on out of the SOCON that have decided to uh, to go into the portal and, and seek, fortune, seek their fortunes elsewhere. All right, so that's Portal Watch. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, I guess I can transition something. Don't we have a pirate bump somewhere? There it is. <laughs> There's a pirate bump. I was hoping you were going to go through all of them. A little sprint. No, no. I think you actually wrote the names down, didn't you? I so, did. That a boy. 
Inner legible. So, just kind of a spring catch-all wrap-up type thing. First of all, men's golf won the hoodie at Bulls, Bulls Bay. And so, uh, good to see Darius Rucker tweet at the guys as well. Yeah. After a historic uh, sort of run for men's golf, which is hard to say considering all the runs they've had. But yeah, Jake's got that team playing great, and uh, the the trophies they got were really cool. They both got, they all got like little, was it stone or steel bulls? Yep. Oh, man, I love that. That's the thing I love about golf is golf, you know, volleyball or basketball, baseball, like they give out like these cool, like they, they give out like the plaques, you know, and it's like we love the plaques, right? But at the same time, golf gets some really cool trophies. Golf tournaments, it doesn't matter if it's college golf, if it's pro golf, they get you get some really, really cool trophies. And uh, I thought that one was just really solid. Um, Yeah. So, men's golf, big win. Baseball, one of the last couple games. They did get the last game against Sanford in a slugfest, 17-12, but a come-from-behind win at Radford midweek. Yeah. They'll be at home this week, three-game series, non-conference against Seton Hall. Yep. Uh, men's tennis, final – how about this? Men's tennis has a road match, mm-hmm. and then they come home for the final four home matches before hey. they play a conference tournament. So, yep. a long home stand there. Uh, and then, of course, big yeah. – a lot of things going on on Saturday. Uh, ETSU softball is going to host Furman. They were on the road last week at UNCG. They'll have a three-game set against Furman. If weather permitting, we'll have that on ESPN+. Uh, Plus. Keith will have the call of that. Again, Correct. baseball, Seton Hall, the uh, spring game. Mm-hmm. There will be a kids' clinic, uh, 10 to 1130. That is free. A lot of people have been sending me emails how much the clinic costs. It's free. So uh, kindergarten to eighth grade. I do have to say that if there you, you are um, – in high school, unfortunately, you will not be able to participate. They're also having junior day there, so there'll be a bunch of juniors yep. in high school that are able to come and, and watch. And, then, of course, track and field will be in competition. And then men's golf heads down to Augusta as they get to play um, in the Augusta Haskins Invitational, which is always held the week before uh, the Masters. So they got that going on. So that's a quick yep. glance at spring sports as – Final four wrap-up, we'll have that on Monday. We'll talk spring game Monday. And like I said, we'll try to get uh, if, if get some sound bites, but eventually I think we'll need to get Coach Corals on, get his full thoughts on how all of spring went, maybe some players as well. Yeah, I, I got I got a soccer – or not soccer. I got a golf trophy for you. It's a, it's a tournament in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. It's called the Pine to Palm. It's an amateur tournament, and the trophy is about the size of the Stanley Cup. Look at that thing. Wow, is that a college tournament? Or just that's a, a yeah, it's col- college and, wow. and se- high school seniors. They uh, they struggle to carry that thing, just like I would struggle to carry this show without you, Jay. <laughs> that sounds right to me. I don't know if it does anybody else. Uh, All right, it's just yeah, it's the weight of expectation. I just can't do it. I need I need somebody that can turn my brain off. All right, final four weekend and spring football. We'll be back Monday, Jay and Keith. Bangers Run Network. Anybody but LSU. Oh, you gotta be kidding me! Kevin Brown is not a fan of that. He's not. He's not a fan of that. He wants that.